Welcome to the Open Championship edition of Your Best Bets. Uh, last major of the season. Sad to say, uh, it's it feels large for a lot of reasons. Which again, I think we say that every major. Of course, it's a it's a big golf tournament. Episode one sixty seven of Your Best Bets. So if you listen for the golf betting, if you listen for the local golf. If you listen and you're like, okay, stop fucking talking about golf. I want to talk about football. Um, whatever reason you listen, appreciate you tuning in. 167 is something. I'm not quite sure what, but it's something. Joining me tonight, um, Pride of Flint, Michigan, someone that was not part of the congressional hearing last week, Johnny Strauss. Well, thank you. And 167 episodes is a lot and i've i've been lucky to be on the good majority of them and everything and i enjoy the feedback that we get you know from people who we don't know that necessarily we didn't think would listen to it and people that we do know that listen to it that provide the feedback and i think that is that is some of the coolest stuff is is being at a golf course and being like hey you know, it caught, I, I listen to you guys, you know, most every week and I, I like your picks. I like the talking and everything. And it's like, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's real. It's been a, it's been a real good time, uh, not only doing it, but getting the feedback from people that, uh, that we didn't normally expect, to, that would, uh, that would hear it. So pretty cool stuff right, right there, but, uh, yes. yeah, looking forward to talking tonight about, uh, the final major of the season which is a little bit bittersweet since it's only mid-july but that's just what this compressed schedule does and that's what the nfl kind of has done to Mm -hmm. you know the pga tour there and and before we like a start here i think people know that i'm not a big fan of celebrity televised golf yes but (laughs) yes steph curry making the hole in one and then making the bomb for eagle to win that tournament um I didn't watch any of it. I caught it on Twitter though, after it happened, because it made a big deal, but I kind of wish I would have watched it. Cause I, I think seeing like that and Steph's a guy I've always kind of respected dude broke par at a corn Ferry event. So he's got my respect as a good golfer. uh, One of the few celebrities there, but pretty neat though, though, to, to see kind of what he did there and, and the hole in one was just awesome. And then, then to win the damn thing. Right. Did you see how he won? Uh, No, I just saw the putt. Okay, well, on the 72nd hole, Marty Fish is winning the tournament mm-hmm. by, I th- I think they do Sableford, right? Yeah. So I think he was up by three points. And, and I didn't see it live, but I saw it on Twitter. Some asshole yelled, screamed in his backswing, and yanks, he, he's a lefty, so he yanked it way right in the trees. I don't know if he made bogey, double from there. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what, but it was largely caused by that dude yelling in his backswing, which seemed very purposeful, probably a Warriors fan. Probably a Warriors fan. I didn't realize that. I did. I think I did hear about that though. Cause some people were saying that was kind of a, something happened there, but uh, I mean, what do you expect to really? lose the American century championship? I mean, to be honest with you there, <laughs> it's so. just, it's clearly the major of the celebrity. Uh, oh, it has to be, yeah, it has to be for sure. Yeah. Shout out Lake Tahoe. Nice, nice scenes out there. Did you see, I did see on Twitter when, you know, Steph's, you know, they always have a hoop there and Steph's yes. just, he's always canning them and he's nearly yeah. making them backwards. And Ray Allen, Kyle Lowry and Zach Levine came along and they tried to make it at the same 
hoop, which had to be more than a regulation three, probably like a 30 footer. And they were just, just clanking them everywhere. Uh, I mean, Kyle Lowry was, it was off the backboard and it, it was kind of embarrassing for them. And then it just made you realize like, God damn, Steph is so good at everything he does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's just, you know, I hope one day something goes okay for Steph because, you know, I know he's got just, He's, he's got that tough life that he's lived and just things, things will go start going his way if he keeps, you know, staying positive there. But uh, it doesn't surprise me about Kyle Lowry. Well, no, no. Clanking anything outside of a free throw there. But, uh, no. but yeah, that's uh, some of that stuff. Like the golf course, I think that they play is pretty, pretty freaking cool. But uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just can't, I can't get past when I, I remember watching it when they had, you know, Ahmad Rashad and, Charles Barkley and and Rick Roden would win it every single year, and they had Mark yes. Mulder. Yes. Um, it just it it was too much of a show, and I think that's kind of what turned me off of celebrity golf. I'm not sure if that or Pebble did more, but oh, uh, probably Pebble, yeah, probably Pebble. But uh, I don't know. I you know Travis Kelsey, drunk and high and whatever he was. That's just that stuff is just I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't I don't I particularly think... like watching that. I think I'm good on seeing Travis Kelsey on a golf course. I, I if I didn't good. see Travis Kelsey anywhere but on the football field on Sundays, I would be okay. Yeah. Like, there's been some overexposure here the last six weeks. It feels like. Um. All right, we're here to uh, review the Scottish Open, which was pretty fantastic um, at the Renaissance Club. Um, how to get that in one more time, um, which I don't think was necessarily like a great golf course, great links course, but it was, it proved to be great on Sunday. And I think largely because of the conditions and the situation and on the back nine with several big names involved, uh, predominantly Rory McIlroy, who, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this and I don't know how you're going to react. I think it was the best non-major win of his career. And that that in- includes the players. Um, sure, the players is a bigger tournament for a lot of reasons, but I'm saying best as in terms of how he got it done, how he finished, and just the pure shot making he had the last, I guess, what, three full shots he had on the last two holes. I mean, it was really, really incredible stuff for his 24th PGA Tour win. 24 wins. Yeah. And, and it, that doesn't shock me um, because I think when I, when I was thinking about it on Sunday, like what does this mean for him and everything? It was like, you know, this is similar to kind of the players. It's, it's, you know, the players is obviously the, the ultimate PGA tour event. So non-major, but these elevated events are, are amazing nonetheless with these great fields, but you look at it, you know, the, the TPC Sawgrass demands a certain kind of way, but it was it was kind of that style that he wins golf courses. It was wet. It was just kind of a dreary Florida, no wind, damp, where he could uh, you know play his way where he's typically dominated. But this you know was completely different. With uh, mm-hmm. you know, he had a links course, which you know you'd think that that would be a um, something that would favor him, but you know it it just typically hasn't. And with the wind, especially that that kicked up uh, on Sunday, there you had to hit golf shots. And for people who don't 
play much or don't play much competitive golf wind the the one condition whether it's hot um windy rainy um cold the one condition the one weather factor that really defines a good ball striker is is the wind and hitting it you know you could make putts and everything and sometimes the putts are going to be you know in the wind are going to be uh you know wind aided they're going to blow them online they're going to blow them offline i think he ended up making a couple putts that that were actually wind aided and helped them out but ball strikers are brought to the forefront with uh um you know when windy conditions and you know he there was some good play from uh from bob mcintyre um terrell hatton started out okay and then and kind of fizzled off but um you know rory really hung in there and and he played he played patient golf which i actually kind of saw that at la country club and he just kind of just let let his golf swing do the talking and and just hit some unbelievable shots and to birdie 17 and 18 the 71st and 72nd holes of the tournament there at the scottish open was incredible because those those holes you couldn't make birdie at all i mean you were struggling to make pars and everything so you know i think that 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 definitely could validate your 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 thought that it could be his best non-major win i certainly wouldn't rank it lower than the players championship just because nowadays Rory needs to he needs to start compiling more wins. Twenty four wins is is quite the career, but I mean, if you look at some of the other players in his class, you know, like a Phil Mickelson or something, they've got more overall PGA Tour wins. And so, winning these events with these these really good fields is is something special. And uh, um, you know, it's it's good because the momentum looked like it was going that way, and and finally was able to uh, have a good finish and and close out a win finally. And I think the knock at least this season for Rory has been intentional out on Sundays and for whatever reason, falling short, whether it's getting, um, you know, getting beat at the U S open by Wyndham Clark, who, you know, arguably just played better that day, not making enough birdies like that or Memorial where he kind of fades um, Canadian open. He's taken over by, you know, Nick Taylor and those guys. So it's good to see him, finish one off and, and do it in a style where you kind of wrote him off after McIntyre makes even in more, a more insane birdie on 18 um, from like what, two thirty-five or something. And um, it, it just, it felt very improbable for him to even get into a playoff, especially after he parred the par five 16th um, with the last two holes, like you said, playing as difficult as they were, it just seemed unlikely for him to even get one for him to, to do what he did and get, you know, both of those holes and, and just, it just felt like a big dick kind of win. And it's, it's one we've been wanting to see where we're like, impose your will, impose your talent on the field. And um, very, very cool. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you saw it. I think the DP world tour tweeted out the, um, it was that very specific camera from right behind him. Um, not the telecast, but the one, um, uh, it's on their Twitter page, but basically it gave it an excellent view of the ball flight, that knockdown shot. And there was also a view behind the green where you can really appreciate that. Uh, I guess it was a driving iron. He hit in there just over 200 yards, but um, it's good to see guys have to hit that kind of shot to win tournaments as opposed to a 330-yard drive and a 90-yard shot. I mean, there's just there's just a difference when that's the kind of execution down the stretch versus wedges. Um, it's it's what 
to me is a separator for the elite players. I'm, I'm, Rory has said it himself with, with all, all the golf ball rollback discussion is it's, you know, that will bring the ball strikers to the forefront, the guys that can hit mid irons and long irons. Um, so very cool that he did that on the last two holes. Um, Bob McIntyre, I think he kind of had a lot of people behind him. A lot of people on Twitter seem to be kind of bummed. Rory, this was the one Rory decided to get because um, for a, a guy from Scotland to perform that well on the final day, shoot a 64, and it obviously meant a ton to him. So to, to come up short, was was it was kind of tough to watch because you could tell he really wanted it. I mean, you're talking about Scott – uh, a Scott himself, you know, his national open and, and, you know, I think, you know, we saw the Canadian open, how much that meant to the Canadians. So, I mean, this is, this was a huge deal for him, not only for a, you know, it, a career type thing being a, is it, we just still don't know if it's an elevated event. So we, we'll just assume that it could be, but it might not. So it probably is, but it definitely isn't. So, but <laughs> You know, you're looking at he he's he's been a guy who's played on the DP World Tour for the last um, you know number of years there, and he's won uh, won some big events, and he's played well at a lot of events. He should make the Ryder Cup team. He won at Le Golf National, where the uh, Ryder Cup's gonna gonna be here. Um, you know, he won in the I think it was the springtime or was it last fall? Either something like that. But anyway, so yeah, that's a I, I think a lot of people. Yeah, I could I could see that. I was actually rooting for him too, and I talked about it before um, uh, on the last podcast. I didn't want Rory to win this one because I didn't want him to kind of peak his his game on Sunday. I wanted it to peak a week from last Sunday, so you know I, I wanted it to be then. But uh, you know, some unbelievable golf shots. He got a good break on eighteen, hit a bad drive, ended up um, in a in a kind of a mode area. And still had to hit a 230 yard golf shot and hit it to hit it to a few feet. So, you know, just some good play there. But uh, I think that would have been cool. But it definitely had uh, uh, a good solid feel to it. And and what was nice about the tournament itself is really after nine holes of the of the final round there, there were still essentially six, seven guys who could have won that event. Um, you really had to shoot a number in those heavy winds and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody kind of positioned themselves. So we were looking at a pretty good finish with the exception that McIntyre and Rory both just kind of ran away with it after, uh, the other ones just finally kind of succumbed to the, the difficult conditions. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking back to Tiger's win at the 2000 PGA at Valhalla when he, he yanked that tee shot so far left on the 72nd hole, but somehow yeah. I still don't know how to this day, somehow it just ended up in a perfect lie. And I had with I a had guy a, that ran into the bushes and then yes, yes. Still, um, a, it, it's a conspiracy theory. But, uh, that, so. yeah. I, I thought well, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hometown people there. I think maybe, maybe might've helped out McIntyre situation, getting him in that walkway. But, uh, um, very cool tournament, very awesome finish. Um, before we talk about the the, the television catastrophe, um, any other takeaways from any players on the Scottish before we, we move to that? Well, there was uh, there was a lot of guys who I was kind of curious to see how they played. One guy I did want to talk about was Tommy Fleetwood. Um, 
I live bet him. I didn't live bet him to win because I mean, you know, that that's just kind of what you, you know, what you're going to get out of, but I think a top 10 or top 20 finish after a day or so when he wasn't playing that well, but you know, he really played great on Saturday, got himself into such a great position. And then he just did what he does when he's in those last couple groups. He just serves out those nothing burgers on Sundays. And it was just, par after par after par when you had to shoot you had to shoot par 70 you had to shoot 67 something like that to really have a good chance and to get in contention and just kept making pars and then he kind of went on a run and hit a couple good shots in that back nine and couldn't convert the putts and it's just that's just if he's gonna win he's gonna shoot 63 on sunday and come from you know way way behind because i just it's just so disappointing to see every single time that he gets himself into a position that, you know, we saw it at the Canadian open now saw it at the Scottish open and it's just kind of been a thing for him. And it sucks because we both root for him and he's, I think he's a, a fun guy to watch and his ball striking is, is incredible, but just a nothing on Sunday. And that, that once again is, is really disappointing. It's, I did live bet him to win because I'm an idiot, but I got him an amazing number on Thursday after he shot even par because I had a feeling I had a feeling the scoring wasn't going to be, I mean, I think Ben on shot eight or nine under the first round and you know, the winning score is 14. So I had a feeling it was going to get tougher. So I had him on a hundred and I felt great going into Sunday. I was like, this guy's going to win. It's Tommy Fleetwood conditions. It's going to be tough. You got a ball striker. You got a, you're gonna have to use the ground, all this stuff. And just, but you're you're right. Nothing. It was a nothing. Um, the other guy that I had, and he was my best bet last week, and I said I never bet him ever was Terrell Hatton, and I thought he was gonna win the tournament after the front nine. I really did. Yep. And actually, after I think eleven, he but eleven or twelve, he made back to back birdies, and then he just fell off the face of the earth and started doing Terrell Hatton things. Um, you know, giving the finger to the hole or saying fuck you to his ball. I mean, at some point are we just like, okay, I've had I'm I'm good on the hat and shtick, like and now it feels very like performance art kind of uh, but I when when you have money on them, it's actually kind of it's it's actually not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet him as well. And I actually bet him because he was still at plus odds. I live bet him on Sunday just to Figured, man, I'll get a little bit, little bit extra on top of it because it looked like he was going to end up winning. And it's just, he gets, you know, he he's not a mental midget, but he can be. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he turns into one. Maybe he. This is not just a because I think before it was like, okay, that's just Tyrrell being Tyrrell. You know, he's just he's he's kind of doing the antics just as a as a show. But I mean. I think it affected, it definitely affected his game. Um, you know, on Saturday, Saturday when he played really poorly, shot 71. And then Sunday, um, you know, that back, back nine shot a couple over par. So, you know, it was just uh, one of those things that the win equity isn't really there. So you got to watch the numbers going forward on him because, yeah, he's a great player and he's playing very well. But uh, him being able to close out events is just not the easiest thing. I don't know how you ever have faith in him to to actually close out a major, and f- for that reason, I just I, in theory, his game translates. He's good in the wind. Um, 
And da- I think data golf, I was just looking at this. I think he, they have him fifth or sixth best in the world over the last three months, but man, I just don't have any faith in him to actually close out a golf tournament, especially one that is meaningful, like the open. Um, one other thing, and I don't, I don't want to take too long on this because we're going to talk about him when we get into the the odds preview for the for the open. But Scotty is insane and maddening at the same time. I'm going to list, and this will take me ten seconds to list his finishes since November of 2022. T3, T9, second. T7, T11, 1. T12, T4, 1. 4. T10, T11, T5, T2, T3, 3, 3, T4, T3. Um, since the Start of November to 2022, he has his worst finish is 12th. He has not had a finish worse than fifth since the RBC Heritage in April three months ago. Um, we were texting about it today. It's it's an insane stretch of golf, one that I can't remember since Tiger. It's an strange insane stretch of ball striking again, and we we talked about it last week how good it was. Um, I think he was second in uh, T green this week again, just highlights how bad the putting's been, but it also feels like, oh my God, this could be a historic season that he's leaving on the table because I, I don't know how you ever hit the ball better in any other season in his career than he's hitting it right now. No, I, I, I think when this is all said and done, so, you know, maybe five, 10 years from now, you know, when, when kind of the changing of the guard for, for, you know, elite golfers is changed and, you know, this isn't sustainable for 10, 15 years. I mean, he's always going to probably be a, a good ball striker, but I bet you five, 10 years from now, they're going to look, you know, golf Twitter is going to look at his, his stats and be like, this is the most underachieving season of, of his career, but of just, golf in general with as well as he's been hitting the ball. Now, if he, now if he puts it better, you know, his ball striking probably isn't as good. You know, it's just, it's hard to get everything at elite levels, but just being an average putter, like how you said he should have had five wins in a major this season. I mean, already, mm-hmm. I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, you look at those finishes, no laying up tweeted, that he made like I think four hundred eighty nine thousand dollars or something this week, and that lowered his average uh, average win amount per week over that stretch. I mean, the guy is just high finish after high finish, but he is not cashing out like because he's hit the ball. He's hit the ball, peak Tiger, but t- peak Tiger would win nine times this year, you know, or at least against the, you know those fields and him having two big wins you know, for, you know, you can't disagree with that or can't, can't downplay that. But, uh, I mean, he should have won many, many more times and he could have won this week. There's, you know, there's, we could have looked at it and said, there's a path that he could have, would have, should have won at the Scottish. And I think he's got to capitalize here and capitalize soon because this isn't going to, this isn't going to last. This may not last into next year or halfway into next year. You know, at some point he's going to, it, it's going to change a little bit. And, and that putting, you know, if it's going to stay the same, then, you know, then we're going to see, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot worse play, but this is unbelievable though. Like it's just, it's, it's fun to see just how amazing he can hit the ball. And uh, it, it's just so disheartening that, 
he just can't can't make shit. He really can't. I mean, think about when we go play, and and you know, I I played a few times last week and over the weekend where I there was like a stretch of five holes where I think I missed a five footer for birdie, like a seven footer and a twelve footer, and I was I was just pissed. I was like, I mean, I got I let it get away. Imagine that just exponentially last what seven months of your career where you're <laughs> I mean you're you're the metrics show you are by far and it's not even close the best approach player on tour and you just you struggle to make birdies because you can't get the ball to go in the hole. I just I can't imagine how frustrating it, it is for him, but he doesn't show it. And in fact in interviews he He's like, I don't think my putter's a problem. I mean, I get they're not going in, and you have stretches in your career where they just you you hit good putts, they don't drop. It, maybe you're misreading it, whatever. But I mean, I just I can't understand how he can't consider it a problem. Well, I mean, you look at John Rahm earlier this season and last season. Last season he did putt pretty poorly, but he he also said numerous times he says I'm not that bad of a putter. I I miss more putts because I hit a lot of good shots and and my strokes gain approach is that much better so just statistically it's it's hard to be a plus putter with that but when you i mean him saying it's not a problem he's negative he he's worse than he's worse than average and that's that's the part that yeah it is it is affecting you and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's if it's a uh you know a technique thing or if he needs to put a new club in the bag for a bit i i don't know what it is but i do appreciate him just kind of being the happy-go-lucky but you know, yes, he's getting more birdie opportunities than everybody else. And he's, he's getting, um, shorter birdie putts than everybody else on average. And so he's going to miss more of those, but he's not making, he's not making nearly the same conversion percentage that, you know, we'll take JT Poston that finished nine under par finished uh, tied for sixth. Who's a, who's a good putter. You know, he's not the ball striker that Scotty Scheffler is, but you know, if you looked at it though, he's making a high, uh, better percentage of the putts. And I think that's something that Scotty's got to kind of look at. And, and I can't believe I'm trying to give him advice at this point, but this is what you get on the, your best bet podcast, but he's got to look at it and realize that this is, this is kind of a concern. This is, this is something that you can't waste these valuable weeks and months of, of, of good play. And just saying, man, eh, you know what? I'm just, uh, I'm not, it's not the problem. It is the problem. I mean, when you're, when you're worse than the average and so much better at everything else, that that's the problem. Right there. We got to move this thing forward, but to wrap up the Scottish, um, I'm going to, I'm going to open the floor to you first or for you um, on the, on the television situation. Um, not just this tournament, but largely multiple times this season. Um, and then I'll, I'll definitely have a few things to say. It, it It's increasingly irritating to see the, just, the 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 amount of for the amount of com- commercials is bad. That that's one thing we've always c- complained about on on the podcast here. It's it's especially bad. But one thing, and I I I didn't catch it until the replay, is they just take these commercial breaks at just the worst times. You build the momentum and the drama of of these golf tournaments, and 
you know, we're not going to, not comparing it to, to live because live is just like, we've always said, it's a collection of golf shots of just dudes playing, playing rounds of golf. And, you know, you just kind of follow that, but the way these tournaments are is they build the, you know, you build the momentum and you, you build the excitement and everything like that. And they just hit golf shots. You know, they got time where they can have, you know, the, the, the commentators announcers talk about the shots and talk about the situation and, and everything like that. But no, it's, it's, let's go to commercial break and, and see two or three commercials, which just breaks that momentum and excitement of, of these events. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's to the point where it's a little bit, it, it's, it's well beyond old and they've got, and they've, they've tried things. They've done a lot of good things in, in interviewing the players. The drone shots are always pretty good. They're trying to increase the camera angles, but you know, it's just, it, it's just not there all the time. And it just feels like the production of it is just very, very second rate. And you'd think that they could, they could build it up with a little bit better there. And I know one thing you wanted to talk about, and you know, express when Bob McIntyre made that amazing putt, it was kind of just a quick, abrupt ending, wasn't it? Well, it's really weird because it, he, he makes the putt and, and there's no sound. There's no crowd noise which you anticipate was going to be a roar. It was going to be an extended moment, right? And there's there's silence for 20 seconds. And I'm like, I'm kind of checking my TV. I'm like, oh, oh shit, did I mute it? Or what's happening here? And no, I didn't. And then Nance is like, you know, what what a moment here. And still no sound, no crowd noise. And finally, after like 40 seconds, it, it kind of blends in. I was like, that's, that, was, that was like a big deal right like seeing him make the putt on 18 and letting that moment breathe but the crowd noise was very critical to that so that was one error and then they get him walking off the green they get him kind of walking and then just an abrupt cut to commercial where you can't even kind of see him get emotional and you know you know see his family none of that very bizarre and then also it's kind of the small things like rory's putt on 18 to win and I don't know about you, but growing up playing video games, like um, shout out to, to Tim Miller here, my brother, but we'd play video games and it'd be like, oh, we got to we gotta switch the camera angle, horrible angle to play like NBA Live, you know, on Sega or NHL, right? I, it was the worst winning putt angle I've ever seen. You had to just, well, like, I guess I'll see if the ball like disappears and I know it's in, but I don't really know where the hole's at. <laughs> and I still haven't seen a good angle from overhead or you know behind to see how that putt dropped because obviously Roy didn't love the putt. Um, but that I mean stuff like that you like you can't you can't miss that you get one chance at it. I don't even know if Jim Dance was on site. Like I I, I know there was some debate whether he was or wasn't. I don't really know if he was or wasn't, but um, CB, it wasn't a good day for CBS. I mean, just the, the commercial load was heavy. Very, very heavy, as you mentioned, um, but just a lot of a lot of sound quality issues. And, and I get it. Maybe you're, you, you know, you're Scotland's, and but I think I thought I saw that they were they were broadcasting off the world feed. So maybe there's some some issues because of that. I don't know, but largely largely CBS has been good this year. I mean, we talked about it like back in February and March, like February. They I thought they really did well at Pebble and Riviera and. 
um, Phoenix. I, I thought those were all really well done, but it feels like they've lost some momentum since then. I, but it's, isn't it so dumb though? I, you know, I, I'm going to bed Saturday night and I'm like, well, I got, since they moved to the tea times, I, I got to get on Twitter and see where, where the hell this thing's going to be um, broadcasted. And because you know, I, I just know now it's going to be multiple areas, right? And it was, you know, golf, you know, PJ Tour Live the whole time, but um, you golf channel for two hours before the, the, the stream on CBS Sports. And then you got to decide, oh, I think I got that app on my smart TV, but I might have to watch it on my phone. I, I'm not sure. And if I don't, then I got to set it up on my TV. And it's all just a pain in the ass. And I, I, I know that there's contracts and, you know, huge money involved, but like, it shouldn't be this hard for golf fans to watch golf. That's really it. It's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you and me who are, are diehards into watching it. We we've got the CBS sports app on our, on our TVs and we've got ESPN plus and we, we, we understand kind of where to go, but I mean, think about this. You had, you had Rory, um, one of the game's most popular guys, most people who who aren't going to log on to their phones or have a laptop or know to have a cbssports.com login or or how to get to it didn't end up watching it. Uh, Ricky Fowler wins in Detroit a, a couple weeks back. Same same damn thing. I had to watch. We had to watch it on cbssports.com uh, app on our, our smart TVs. Um, Saw so a lot of guys uh, tweeting that they wanted to watch Ricky. Okay. I mean, because he's. He's the most popular guy probably out there among uh, among American fans and everything, and and they couldn't watch him live. I mean, these are even celebrities and and stuff tweeting that it's like it's bullshit. And like, I picture, think, our, picture our dads trying to find my dad would not. Oh my god! Yeah, There's no way. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's just and a lot, a lot of people they shouldn't have to. That's that's the thing. That's what's made it hard as, as a cable cutter. You know, uh, for me, I've I've cut cable. I don't know five six years ago or something like that. But it's like. I've got, I got my, you know, I got a way to watch the football and then if I, if I got to watch the golf and then, um, you know, my baseball team doesn't, it, we don't have the local channel, but I can get the, the Bally sports app and it's just flipping back and forth and it's, it's effort. It's, it's a lot of effort and it's just doing a disservice because like I said, you had two very, very, very popular winners right there and Nobody could watch him and nobody's going to want to watch anything, um, you know, recorded. I mean, I'm sure they'll put it on to, for a good nap or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of people, especially nowadays, that that bet, that live bet in, in whatever sports. And sometimes it's so hard to find it and everything. But I have a feeling that's going to change come the new deal. But it's like, why can't we just edit the current deal? Because that's such a big you know, such a big deal. And, and as, as a golf fan, that is kind of frustrating because it's like, okay, I've got a, you know, I, I log in the PGA tour app. It tells me every single time that every single channel and time slot that the golf was on for the, for the Scottish, it's like, okay, I either got to screenshot that or remember it. And <laughs> right. then it's just flipping back and forth. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is just, this is just too much. It's just it's too a, much going on there. It's a shit show. It really is. And I, I don't have an answer. I mean, I wish like in a dream scenario, it was like, like NBA league pass, right. Where I can pay whatever it is a year. You know, I think league pass is a little pricey. I, I don't think, I don't see people paying that for, for one, you know, central golf coverage idea, but I, I, I don't know. We do have a network called the golf channel that is devoted to 
broadcasting golf. Now I understand it's owned by NBC. And so I, a lot of, a lot of logistical stuff involved there, but I don't know, man, there's gotta be something better than what we're doing now. Um, we got to close the book on that and the Scottish open. Um, I'm doing a bill at Belichick onto Cincinnati here uh, um, onto the open. Um, I can't wait. Talk now talking about a major tournament and a golf tournament that is done well with the broadcasts. The open I think is done as well as any major, any golf tournament done the whole season. Maybe, maybe the players is there, but the open is on for a long, long time. One thirty AM to, I don't know, like what, 4 3 PM. Or 5, yeah, 3 p.m., whatever. They do a pretty good job. Um, but I'm, I'm anxious to see. I haven't even looked at the schedule for that, but um, but usually it's done well. Um, all right, so we're on to the Open. Um, defending champion, of course, Cam Smith, the one that um, fairly epic uh, Open last year at St. Andrews when he took down Rory and um, – the live truthers have never let us hear the end of that one. Um, I can't wait for this. Um, and I, I've said it multiple times this year with the live PGA tour stuff. And, um, and then even now after the, all the stuff last week at the beginning of the week with the congressional hearing, and I, it just feels like to me that the majors have just even more elevated importance than they ever have before. And this one's always important because, I mean, this is our lasting memory of, of major season from July to next April. And it really kind of dictates what we talk about in the offseason storylines, right? Like if we already can't win this one, then we have another, what, eight months, nine months of talking about can he win Augusta? And it just goes on and on. So I, I think this is, um, we say it every time, but this, this just feels like a big, big deal this time around. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. And I think, you know, you look at, I, I think since, since really since Tiger made it his sole goal to win as many majors as possible, it's elevated the importance and all those factors that you mentioned with, uh, with the live guys playing with, uh, you know, the, the international guys, the, there's only four majors and and with how important it is for a, a guy's legacy to be a major champion it's just it brings up everybody's play and focus and and you know whatever you want to want to call it by by that much more than a regular event there and and yeah it's it's been a it's been a quick golf season it's it's been very very packed in with these elevated events and you know, and with all the stuff that's going on and, you know, there's going to be the FedEx cup playoffs, which are coming soon, which will have their own little bit of, of uniqueness and, and, and reverence in, in kind of in the modern game. But I mean, this is the open championship. This is the, you know, this is the, this is probably the, well, it's gotta be the oldest one, you know, and one of the oldest trophies and it's just very symbolic of what it is. And I think it's kind of neat for, uh, it has a certain thing for us Americans. It's the event that we wake up early for, you know, you could, the West coasters can stay up late and, and watch it overnight. You know, we get up early for it. It's different golf. It's, it's just played differently. The courses are all 
a certain way and it's just that that uniqueness to it and it's just it's it's wonderful and it's played on these these ancient golf courses that are 100 150 to 500 years old um so that that have you know kind of stood the test of time and they're very important in the culture over there in the in in the united kingdom and and uh they're very very important to you know for for us americans who we get to watch it all day long or all morning long into the daytime you know we've grown to to appreciate the courses as much as as they have so i can't wait i'm ready for i'm ready for an early morning thursday and um you know to see this great field and and to see what uh you know what ends up transpiring yeah and i i just i love this 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 tournament this major because it it is so different than the other three i i love when the elements get involved and um technical difficulties here um I love when the elements get involved, like it did Sunday at the Scottish Open, and um, you know Royal Liverpool is no different than a lot of open courses now, where the main defense is wind, and without wind, some of these maybe have been a little bit outdated, and and they could be overpowered. So I'm, you know, the weather forecast looks like there's going to be moderate winds, nothing real heavy throughout the week. Um, Hopefully enough to to play uh, a decent role in the outcome of this tournament, but I just love I love how the golf is played like again on the ground over here. I just love the style of play. I love how different it is. I think it it, it you, you you want guys that have that creative mind and can understand the bounces and you know when the wind's up, I got to hit five iron 150 yards or um, you know whatever it may be and and understanding how to execute those shots. I just, I just think it's, a, it's, uh, you know, we talked about art last week with Cameron Tringali, but I, I feel like this is the artsiest form of golf that, that there is. And I don't know, there's something really cool about seeing them play courses that were built in the 1860s and 1870s. And, um, you know, the, the same guys that played back then in 1920s, Walter Hagen and, and that kind of thing. So, I just think I'm with you. There's just this historic element to it when they step on these grounds that, you know, the American majors necessarily don't offer. Um, so who's going to join the three major winners from this season, John Ron, Brooks Kepka, and Wyndham Clark. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. The golf course, Royal Liverpool at Hoy Lake. Um, only four times has this been played. Um, you know, it basically since what the, the 1900s, um, four winners are, I don't know if you know this, it's pretty damn good. Walter Hagen, Ben Hogan, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy. Uh, that's, that's a hell of a list. It's pretty good. Um, what do you know about this golf course compared to the others? Um, you know, in, in the Rota. Um, like I said, it's been what nine years since Rory won there. Obviously, there's been some major redesign. I think in 2020, 2019, or 2020, there's an actual new hole, uh, the par 317th. Um, what you know, what fits well here in your mind? I don't remember too much of the golf course and haven't really had time to look at it. What I do remember, um, when when Tiger won was him hitting. 
irons pretty much the whole time. Like he just, he yeah. stuck to the plan only hit like was it one driver. Was it one driver all week? I think so something like that. So, I mean, it, and, and the course was very, very dry. Um, and I, I would imagine that they're getting a similar summer as they did back then. Cause I know it's been hot over there in, in the United Kingdom. So um, it's, you know, I think it's just your, your traditional seaside links. We did determine what a sea was versus an ocean. <laughs> you know, I actually, when I was listening back in my editing process, I think we just kind of left it out there, but um, I, I do think a sea is enclosed by land, uh, which I think you were on the right track for, but I your initial, your, your initial answer was it's kind of like a lake. <laughs> It is. It's kind. Of, it's like a. It's like a small body of water, but a sea is like an inlet of the ocean. Okay. So it's a saltwater inlet, yes. and a lake. I guess lake is a completely surrounded by by land on all sides. Anyways, um, so I think this is going to be. Uh, I don't remember much about the Rory win though. That's the looking back. He just dominated the par fives, which I guess isn't too surprising. Um, there was there was a lot of. Um, I think there's a r- lot of right to left holes, but there's a lot of left to right win that week. And he was able to just cut the dog legs um, quite a bit. And I, I think he won at 17 or 18 under. And I think he was like 15 under on the par fives. Um, okay. Now, a big change this year is the the 10th hole, which used to be a par five, short par five, giving you par five is now a long par four. So okay. we're now looking at a par 71. Um, I, you know, I think the accuracy is going to matter um, at this course, kind of digging into it a little bit today. Um, you don't have to be real long, but I do think, I do think you have to be accurate, which I guess is kind of a, kind of a common sense statement. Um, but like, there's a couple of things in this course that might be a little, a little tricky, a little gimmicky 18. There's OB. Um, that's literally 10 yards right of the fairway. You can't hit that Wyndham Clark drive on 18. That's right. That That's Liverpool right. or you're um, OB it's, al- it's almost unfairly close to the fairway. I mean, you get funny bounces on these type of courses all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love that. Uh, 17, the new part three is, is pretty cool. It's right there on the coast. Um, if it gets windy, you could hit anything from wedge to six or seven iron. So I think that'll be fun. Um, but I, I do think guys that keep it in play, you don't necessarily have to be long. Um, and, and guys that can really just iron it to death. I, again, we just don't know about the win that, that could play a huge role. If not, you know, I think 15 to 18 under probably wins. Um, I did see, and by the way, I think one of the better Twitter follows on Twitter and people probably don't know about it. You probably do is, is uh, a player, Michael Kim. He offers really, really good perspective every single week about how the golf course is playing. Um, Really good insights. I I mean, I'm shocked, but I'm like, I'm actually every Monday or Tuesday, I'm kind of anxious to see what he puts out there because he has really good information. He was talking about how green the course is and how soft it was today. Um, Now, hopefully that firms up. I think everyone wants to see it firmer fast, except maybe Rory. Um, So, I don't know if that that will will you know. I don't know if there's supposed to be any precipitation throughout the week, but that that might be something to look at. No, I am seeing that uh, um, it's supposed to be low to mid 60s 
uh, just about every day. Chance of rain on uh, best chance of rain is on Saturday. Um, and then that westerly wind, it says a uh, westerly wind off the Irish Sea. And you said it was blowing 12 to 12 to 15, yeah. uh, gusting to 20, which right. which is good. I think it's good for for an open championship. It doesn't make it unfair and it'll blow harder later in the day and all that other stuff. We're going to give leans when we talk about these guys, but we don't know the, the, the tea time draws yet versus the weather. This is what's going to make it hard to talk about the guys today versus who we actually like come Wednesday, because there's going to be more studying of when the tea times are, when guys are going off versus the weather conditions. And we're going to have to kind of play off of that. So, so it'll be kind of touch and go as we, we talk about them, but if we talk heavily on a guy and he's not a best bet, there could be a reason why on that. So just, just a heads up on that. All right. Can I get to the odds? Yes. Since we're 50 minutes in like that. Um, here we go. Odds for the open championship. Of course, check your uh, preferred book. Odds may vary quite a bit. Um, I'm actually going to share my screen. I have odds checker up here. Uh, Rory McIlroy and I go by DraftKings is uh, plus 650. You'll find him as the best uh, right now at 700 on MGM. Uh, Scotty's at seven to one on on DraftKings. Uh, Rom at thirteen to one. Cam Smith at eighteen. Brooks at eighteen. Victor Hovland at twenty two. Patrick Cantley at twenty two. Xander Hatton Fowler at twenty five. Tommy Fleetwood at twenty eight. And at 30, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, rounding out. That's Rue. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think traditionally you and I, for most regular tour events, we, we tend to avoid the top, especially the favorites, because it just doesn't offer value. However, the majors, we typically go back towards that direction because – Largely, the past five years, top 20 players win majors. So with that said, you know, we, we talked a lot about Rory and Scotty off the top. Those are your, your guys that have really created separation in the odds. All the love is for Rory. Um, all the fanfare is for Rory. I, I, I'm sure he's got so much money on him to win this week. I guess the question is, can he, can he finally break this nine-year stretch and get it done? Are you going to bet him at either six and a half or seven to one? I, I I hate that number so much, but it's not wrong. They got to keep people, they got to keep betters off of that, the off of them because he's going to be so heavily bet. Those the 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 books are going to just be rooting against him so much, and it plus six fifty plus seven hundred. Like like I said, in the major championships, you just got to bet guys who you think are going to win win the golf tournament, and there's not a huge handful of guys who can win major championships and the way Roy played uh, last week, I don't even think he played his best golf. I think he played really, really good golf, but I don't think that that, that, that was Sunday was his peak round. I think there's more good golf uh, ahead of him. And I, I had to bet him. I, I did bet him um, on a couple different books. Um, if I'm just going to have to accept if he does win that, you know, it's just not going to be a huge payoff, but I think, even though he's at plus six fifty, plus seven hundred, 
I think you just got to just accept that if he wins you're just, and you bet on him, you're just not going to get that huge of a payoff. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I've got him on, on the board there. Um, and unfortunately I, I'm going to go chalk and I, I like Scheffler as well. And wow. it's like, I, I haven't bet him yet to win. He's sitting plus 160 top five, which I, I, I don't like that number, but it's one of those things that he's hitting it so well. I don't know if I have a choice. I just, I don't, I don't, don't like doing it, but it's, it's, uh, I, I'm going to have to, I'm not going to miss out on that, even though it's going to be a bad number. And I think those two, um, are, are, are my top two choices. And then one other guy, um, that's also up there is, is Cam Smith. I know he won la- last year and it's hard to defend, but He's played great golf in the major championships and he's kind of figured out his, his live golf schedule where he's not getting the reps that he used to. And he's still a, a good putter and, you know, he's a, a great ball striker and, you know, he's not the, not the best driver. And I think the conditions with the, with the, the tall rough and everything are, are you know, kind of work against him. But I, I think there's a very good case that, uh, that he can end up, going back to back and winning because he's just trending up in those championships there. So I don't, I don't mind the number just around the plus 1800, you know, something like that. But, uh, um, those are the three guys, unfortunately pretty chalky, but they, they feel the best to me at this point. I was going to say, I mean, Jesus Christ, you like Duke basketball, Golden State and the Yankees as well. That's (laughs) go chiefs. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to get away from those top two guys with as well as they've been playing and Rory off a win, Scotty with insane stretch of golf, as we talked about, um, you know, we, we were wondering, we were talking about, is a win for Rory bad? I mean, is it, is it unlikely for him to go back to back and win the Scottish and, and the open? I don't. I don't really feel any differently about him. You might, but I, I don't really feel any differently about him actually winning. I think maybe it just gives him a little more confidence. I mean, you know, if he doesn't win and it's Bob McIntyre, I still feel, I still felt good about his chances this week. Um, I now I think maybe it's, it's good for him to close, you know, close maybe like he has in a lot the last couple of years and see that and carry that little extra bit of confidence going into this week into a major where he just hasn't been able to get it done the last few years. Um, so I, you know, th- there are some promos out there that you can, you can help that, uh, that can help you with either Rory or Scott. If you don't like the number, there's a plus 300 boost on DraftKings. Um, you could get Rory's number up to almost a you know, plus 1000 there. Um, Caesar has a nice, a nice promo with top five insurance, so there's there's some stuff out there where if you're not either comfortable with the number or you want to you you want to throw more at it um, there's there's some there's some promos available. I I would probably I picked Scheffler for the U.S. Open. I came up short there. I kind of went heavy on him there. So I'm probably going to go the opposite way and uh, go with Rory this week, and um, he'll be my biggest bet on the board. Um, I went. I actually listened. I listened to a little bit of last year's open show, and I put the same bet I'm going to put on Rory uh, this week as I did last year. And I remember I was heartbroken went on Sunday um, because of, of of what would have been a nice a nice win, nice payout. 
So I'm hoping Rory treats me different this year. Um, I do like Cam Smith, like you said. Um, I don't know if I'll get to him at 18, but I think I, I wouldn't hate it if, if anyone did. I think there's definitely an argument that he's playing great. Uh, he just won his last live events. Um, he's been relevant in the majors this year. Um, so I think that's a good number. Um, the forgotten man right now might be John Rahm. I mean, he just really hasn't played a lot, period. Um, yeah, uh, the last two months, I mean, in the U.S. Open, the Memorial. Um, but I just don't I don't I don't know the state of his game, you know, like I do these other guys. And I just, with that unknown, I just, I don't think I can land on, on Rahm. I think, I think you probably feel similarly. Well, yeah, I thought about that because, but then I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? You're never going to get John Rahm yep. higher than 10 to one. And he's at 13 to one on DraftKings. So, but yep. you're right. It, it's just, it doesn't feel like there's, there's much momentum going into the event and it just, I, I don't think he's played that much. Um, and you know, we just don't know how the, how the golf game is. And, and, you know, he, he doesn't see, I don't think weather's affected him too much. I don't know what his open championship record is, um, off the top of my head, but you know, you just, sometimes you, you wonder when you get, if you do get the, the foul weather or the, the wind that's blowing the ball all over the place, you know, is that going to. Is that going to make it? Uh, is he going to lose patience, and is that going to affect his golf game and everything like that? So, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to watch. I'm going to monitor the situation and, and see how he's looking after, uh, you know, midway through that first round. But I think at that point, if he's playing well, then you know, you might as well just not not bet him there. But uh, speaking of monitoring how they're looking, um, one other guy. Uh, I know we just kind of, I, I gave you just not a scathing um opinion on him but it was Tommy Fleetwood uh he is the the local boy i think he lives or he's he's from half hour away or something like that or he's from from the area there okay. again this, this 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 golf course this golf course fits him the um uh the the type of the type of course with the condition fits him mm-hmm. um if you know 28 to 1 is is not a bad number at all for him. Um, I did bet him today just because I, I, I like how his golf game is. And and like I said, him as a front runner on a Sunday, I don't feel comfortable with, but I mean, he shot 64, 63 at Shinnecock uh, when the golf course was, was, you know, borderline. They lost the golf course. Yeah. I think the Zach Johnson face. Um, but no, I mean, you know, he, you could see him, you know, on a, on a tough day when he's five or six shots back shooting a 64, 63 and, you know, get into playoff or, or winning. So, you know, I don't think he's a bad bet, but just understand that if he gets into a Sunday there, I, you know, I don't know if, if, if I like him at that point. I struggle with the names in this, this group after, uh, I guess after Cam and after Brooks, which by the way, if you wanted to bet Brooks at 20, you might be getting a bargain. You might be getting a bargain. I mean, he did win a major this year, and he almost won a second one. So, and he's also the greatest major player of this generation. Um, but I'm struggling with that that group from 20 to 30. I, I've, I've already blacklisted 
Patrick Cantley in majors. I blacklisted yep. Xander Shoffley in majors. I pretty much did it with Hatton as well. Um, I'm kind of struggling between Hovland, uh, Ricky, and Fleetwood. Um, I really, really like Hovland again on this course, and I think 22 is a fairly generous number. Um, but I also, I also get the Fleetwood argument. I guess, I guess to me, Hovland's got more win equity. Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be a decision point for me later in the week. And you know, my my budget, I can't, I can't get them all. I cannot get them all. And there's still a guy that I like more than these guys um, beyond this, and I'll have to consider that. You know, you could have got Ricky Fowler uh, back in March or April for the Open. I think he was about a hundred to one. I mean, that would have been the few- hell. Who in the hell in March and April is going to bet Ricky Fowler to win the Open Championship with that? I know, I know. I hear that stuff, and it's just like, yeah, because he was dog trash. I know he was trending at that time. Um, Yes. Are you going to – you're not going to bet Fowler, are you? I don't think so. I think that number's too short. Yeah, I like him more – actually, what I did was is I like him more in Augusta. I bet him already Mm. for a Masters future. You're, so. you're you're definitely the futures guy of the of the two of us. That's that's probably a smart call. You know, I I don't I don't see it. He did finish second here in 2014. He's been playing great golf the last two months. But I don't hate it. But I'm probably not yeah. going to get there as well. Um, and then real quick for you, Cantley Xander, yes or no? No, and I want to. I not Xander definitely not because as a win bet. Cantley, I, you, you just can't trust the guy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if he's just, you know, he's got to reach in his bag of tools and figure out some some better golf there because it's just it's not there. The thing with, Z- uh, with Cantley though is he'll pop one of these days. But you know, I thought he was going to do something at the Scottish Open and he just he missed the cut. So it's it's like I just don't know don't know what to get out of him. So. Yeah. I'm going to probably stay away from, from them. I agree with you on Hatton. Um, although I don't mind Hatton in a top 10 or top 20 market um, because the game is there. It's just him closing out and, and winning golf tournaments. Yeah. And, and I, I almost did pull the trigger on Cantley last night. I saw him 35 on a book uh, that we have last night. I, I, I passed and that went yeah. very, very quickly, but 35 was, it was kind of alarming to see because as you'll see in my data golf rankings on my screen right here, he still shows fourth in the world behind Scheffler, McElroy and Rob. So can't trust him right now. Just it's, it's going to be early Thursday and he's going to be three over through six. And when you bet him, you feel like just trash. So I don't want that feeling. You feel like his disposition on the golf course. That's just right. That- that's grab right. look yes um all right moving on to the next group uh 30 to 50 jordan spieth at 30 to 1 dustin johnson at 30 shane lowry at 35 colin morikawa at 35 justin rose at 45 matthew fitzpatrick at 50 i have one guy that i love here i have another guy that i like here what about you I got a couple that I don't mind. Um, I'm going to say Jordan because I don't know. I just think he's just, 
he should be so good at these. I was really shocked and disappointed that he didn't make the cut at the Scottish Open. Um, but I I feel okay enough. At 30 to 1, that's not a bad number at all. And it looks like actually 35 to 1 on some of the books. Um, that's not too bad at all. And I do like him in a in a top 10 or top 20. Um the other guy um for uh, um that I don't mind at all is is, is DJ. Um yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I just think that uh I, he he's he seems to he's got the patience to play these these open courses and I think the slower greens um tend to favor him a little bit more. I just think that he can uh uh you know, he's he's 39 years old going on 40, you know, he's got the last couple years of of really really solid golf and I you know I think he's going to make a run at it. So um you know what number is he at? They're also at that that 35 to 1 on some of those books. So I think I'm going to target those two in this group. I don't mind a lot of those names, but you know, it's just like Shane Lowry. I like him in a top 20, but you know, he, other than that win at Royal Port rush, he really hasn't won a whole lot, you know, since then, Mm -hmm. but just played a lot of good golf. So Mm -hmm. maybe him, but not as a win bet. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on Dustin. I, I, I think he he actually played great at LACC. He just really struggled with the putter over the weekend, but his ball striking I think was top five for the week. I think the clock is ticking. Um, you know whether he knows it or thinks it, probably not. I don't think he thinks about much. Um, but I do think the game is still relatively there. I would love to see him bag a third major. Um, it'd be very cool to see him win this week. So I, I do, I do with, uh, I do like Dustin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on Spieth. Um, I just, I've gotten burned. It's probably just too much, too much uh, Spieth baggage for me. I bet him at LACC. I swear he was gonna play great there. He didn't. I felt the same last week, and he didn't. So I'm gonna have to just take a break from Spieth. Um, I'm gonna go back to my old trusty guy that I've just been hitting all year. And I'm surprised he's this low. It's the guy from California that's got two majors. It's Colin Morikawa at 35 to 1. Um, he's the only bet that I actually have in at this moment. Um, I just think when you talk about accurate driving, that's not necessarily a bomber. That doesn't have to be a bomber. Um, that is still great on approach, still top five this season. I think he's better on slow greens. We know he has peak weeks with the putter, or he can at least. He can also have those weeks where he's losing four shots on the greens. But I think for the number, I like it a lot. The last time we saw him was at Rocket Mortgage when he played really, really well, lost in the playoff to Rick. Um, but he just looked like the Morikawa that we know. He had that cutback. His approach game was great. He was making 12, 14 footers. And it was like, oh man, if this guy's making these putts, it's it's the 2020, 2021 version of Morikawa. Um, so I'm back in on Morikawa. It's probably the second or third major this year I've been in on him, but I I, I like it a lot this week. I, I can remember he was he was your guy not to win. 
That's we'll, right. We'll, we'll continue to revisit that. That's forever. right. That's right. But no, that's that's a good point. Yeah, he played played really really good at Detroit and hit the ball. Hit the hit hit his irons amazing. And I think you're right uh, with those slower greens um, at the Open Championship. Um, he he's a good pick, and and I, I I'd be on it. I'd be on it. We'll see. Um, again, it's been a while since he's won. Um, pretty much two years now, and um, I, I guess it's a lot to ask, you know, for him to win this week. But I, I just I, that's my expectation. Is I still have Morikawa in this class of guys that I, I think. When he's on, he's he's close to that Rory Scheffler Rom group. Uh, fifty and above, or fifty-five and above. Finau at fifty-five, Burns at sixty, Homa at sixty, Cam Young at sixty, Bryson at sixty. I mean, this group is unbelievable for the number. It really is. Uh, Tom Kim at sixty-five, the U.S. Open winner when it was Hurricane at sixty-five, Taylor Gooch. Who we haven't seen the major in a little while is at 70. Minwoo Lee at 70. Corey Connors at 70. Um, some other names up to 100. JT's checking in at 80. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Keegan at 90. Sunjay. Sunjay's 100. That's kind of shocking as well. Um, what do we think from that group? I mean, if you like names and you like big numbers, you got you got a lot of options there. You know, when I was when I was looking at my lunch break today and looking at all those names at that those high numbers, I think most are pretty appropriately rated. Unfortunately, because it's just kind of how their their game is um, yeah. for a lot of them. But if you like the names and you want to, you know, if you want to go several win bets. With yeah. small amounts, you can you can like hit that. one of these. I like that. And that's what I did. I went ahead and I bet uh I bet Minwooly to win and I, I think I bet him top twenty. I, I at eighty to one I, I threw money on Justin Justin Thomas. I I, I just had to. I've spent like three dollars or five dollars. I don't even remember what it was. I've spent worse money in my life probably today. You wouldn't than, you wouldn't bet him at Rocket Mortgage because you said he was terrible. He was. I, no, I know he was like twenty there, but I mean, yeah, but but that number there. But I mean, okay, so I like Minwoo. I like. Um, I don't like JT, but I bet him. I didn't even see Sunjay at a at a hundred to one. I mean, yeah. that's another guy that. And and again, if you don't like these as the win bets, you want to go with the top twenty or top thirty market. You're going to do well. Um, yeah. One guy I wanted to was was wondering about what you think of is is Tom Kim. Hmm. You know, he seems to be a pretty good player in these uh, the these events. Like you know, he played well as the Scottish, played well as the Scottish last year. You know, is this something that you you see as a trend that makes it you know where he might sneak onto your card. I don't I don't hate that. I didn't really think about him, but I don't hate that. I mean, if you think about his his game and what he does well, there's there's a Morikawa type of game that he plays, right? Like not long, accurate. When he's on with his irons, he's really really good, and he's actually a really good putter. 
Um, and he seems to have figured out so far early in his career how to play links courses. Like you said, his performance the last two Scottish Opens. Don't hate it. You can get him at 75 on FanDuel. Um, I don't know about you. I think I'm going to drink the, the live Kool-Aid and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to oh, put something on Taylor Gooch. Yeah. Um, I mean, Good. he's been, he's been overall the best player on live this season, whatever the hell that's worth. Um, I think he's probably out to prove a point. Um, he seems to have a chip on his shoulder. So you can get Taylor Gooch at 80 to one, put $5 on it and, you cash out pretty well. So I'll probably take a chance there out of the rest of that group, kind of between 55 and a hundred. Um, Cam Young is not playing well, Max not playing well, but he at least showed me something last week at the Scottish. I think he finished top 15. I actually don't mind Wyndham Clark. I don't think he's really going to win the tournament. I don't think it was going to win back to back majors, but 65 is a, is a fairly good number. And he was not bad last week. I don't think he's really been bad since he won the U S open. So I wouldn't hate that, but yeah, you're right. You could, you could, if you had a $50 budget, I mean, you could, you could choose, you know what, six or seven of these guys at a few bucks and just kind of say one of them, two of them are going to have these weeks where they're, someone's going to play well and you'd probably at least have a chance. It, it, the books are just begging you. They're just begging mm-hmm. you to bet these guys. They want you to get off of Rory and, yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah, that's just how top heavy uh, this tournament is. What about beyond uh, 100? Beyond 100. Oh, also one other guy. Uh, I mean, Bob McIntyre. We just talked about how good he played. He's sure. 75 to 1 here um, uh, on that book. So, I mean, that's that's something right there. Um, there win bets, is, this is where it's going to – I don't love these, but the thing is with the Open Championship, you can get guys that kind of – you know, that, that are kind of in this area here. Um, go I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take one of your names, Brian Harmon. God, I was going to say that. <laughs> He's actually been really, really good at links courses. He was there last week, right? We saw him on the leaderboard on Sunday. Um, his style of game is is suited for this golf course. Um, I don't really think he's going to win, but you could dip into that top ten market and probably get a good number on him. Top twenty market is still solid. Um, oh, hang on, hang on, those lines. Before before you say okay, so just for for the listeners here, I send you my picks. You know, right before you post them, I do, I do research and everything like that. Brian Harmon in the last like two months, I think something like that made me some good money. I'll bet him top twenties. I'll live bet him top tens. I I like him in matchups because he just he he plays pretty tough. You made a comment after I picked him in a uh, in a matchup. I didn't like the matchups at, at the Scottish, but I was like, that's one guy who I kind of like. And you're like Brian Harmon. Why are you picking Brian Harmon? It's like the guy's making me money, man. I mean, you, I don't yeah. like like if I looked at Brian Harmon, I, I I you know he's just this little little short dude probably that you know has little man syndrome and gets upset a lot and stuff like that but you know he's made me a lot of money so i'm gonna bet him this week i'm glad you said him before i did so i didn't have to worry I, about uh, i know bringing him up 
I saw him today when I was looking. I was like, man, his numbers are good and his finishes are good. And he's top 30 in the world and he's 125 to one. That's it's disproportionate, right? Yeah. To his play. Um, the, the other guy I was going to say that I like the way he's hitting the ball. He's flashing a couple majors the last couple of years, Russell Henley. Um, I don't think he really has a links history. Um, that much you can find them as low as 125 as well um if we're taking stabs down here then i think you could do worse you know i think he's kind of growing into a more complete player just kind of understanding the the the, the tour life and uh, you know adjusting and to the types of golf courses and everything yeah you're right is he's played good this year and, and i could i could definitely see that there um some of these names like there's some good names down here but it's like yeah. the these tea times are, are going to be so huge because it could make the difference on whether they make the cut there like uh guy we mentioned a couple times last week and played pretty well at the scottish was was uh yannick paul or no he played in uh did he played barbasol no, he was he was at the Scottish. Yeah. He was at the Scottish, okay. Yeah. They all kind of blend together there. I mean, not not he's not gonna win. Three hundred and fifty to one, he's not gonna win. But you know, again, can the guy make the cut? Can the you know, can he play well? Yes. Um I just finished third at the Scottish, David Lee Mirth, four hundred to one. Um twenty two to one for a top ten. Probably unlikely. But if you kind of ride the momentum, you see guys sometimes ride that that style of play, style of golf from one to the next, from the Scottish to the Open. Um, but you're right. There's some massive numbers on some guys that have names. Adam Shank has been playing great, great golf this whole season. I mean, he's down here, what is he, 250 to one? Probably not going to win, but you can, uh, you can definitely see – Adam Shank finished in the top 10. I mean, he's had a lot of really good finishes this year. Um, yeah, there's going to be some names like like that. And there's some European tour guys that are, are yeah. kind of used to the conditions and everything. You got Romain, Romain Langesk, I think is his name. He's a, I think he's a South African player, plays the DP World Tour, um, played good this spring. I, I've always kind of liked him. I've actually played him on some win bets. He hasn't he hasn't followed through and won the ones I've I've bet him on, but uh, I do I do like him. Stuart Sink, yeah, played really good at Firestone, okay. um, just this last week. So he's got, and the course doesn't demand a bunch of length, and he's still not he's not a short hitter. Still, I mean, he's like I, think, I didn't even know he was on a senior tour or the excuse me the Champions Tour. Yeah, no, he just, yeah, I think he just went this year. Yeah. But uh yeah, he, he's a guy, I mean, not gonna win it eight hundred to one, but I mean, pick pick what you feel comfortable with. He could definitely make the cut because you're gonna see these guys that, mm -hmm. that just you wouldn't even expect, and then you know they, they they end up playing pretty well and and getting hot and everything, but yep. All right. Who's the top player that's not going to win? Top player that's not going to win. And if you feel frisky, give me a couple. Again, gotta 
Got to fly close to the sun on these. If they finish second or third, that's even better. <laughs> uh, John Rahm is one of the guys who's not going to win. That's 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 a name. That's for that's, sure a name. That is John Rahm's not going to win. I mean, I could see the other guys who I just talked about not winning, but that's the guy who's not going to win. Um, I. Th- I will comfortably say Patrick Cantley is not going to win. Good with that. If, would you if, would you bet would you bet him to miss the cut? If he got like let's say plus No, because plus. he he does he did this at the US Open where he was horrible the first round and then he then he played great the rest of the week and I think he actually backed toward the top ten. And so he'll probably do something like that. Um so yeah, Cantley, and okay. and he, you can even do one better, and I can I'll give you his buddy Xander as well, Cantley Xander. I, I, yeah, I think that's that's pretty comfortable to, to say there. Is there any top guy in the top I don't know, fifteen twenty of the rankings that you would feel comfortable um, betting to say they would miss the cut? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, that's a, that's a hard one, but that is a hard one. Um, honestly, probably right now, Spieth, if that counts. <laughs> I was going to say, I liked him this week. I think he's either going to contend or he's going to, or he's going to miss the cut by one. Which, which might make him a great win bet then, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if, if, if you, if you want to take part of that budget, you look at, uh, you look at a win bet. But you also look what he is to miss the cut, which will be plus odds. Yeah. And you could you could go both, basically. You, you could do both. Yeah. I was going to say Tommy because there's some expectation for him to play well, and I I can it, it wouldn't shock me if he's like you know seventy four or seventy three something like that. That's that's a good one. Uh, leading up to who wins the last major of the twenty three season. Who wins the open? What do you got? We're gonna go. We're gonna go repeat of last year. It's gonna be Cam Smith breaking Rory McIlroy's heart. Jeez, God, could you imagine if that happens two years in a row? Oh my God, can't even. But mm. that's just. I got this feeling that Cam's just gonna come in there, and Rory's gonna. Rory's going to be looking good most of the most of Sunday, and Cam's just going to lurk, and he's going to post a lower number, and we're going to see if Rory can birdie the last two like he did at the Scottish. It would be a spectacular scenario if it's Rory and Cam again. I, I mean, as golf fans, we couldn't ask for much more. Yes. Um, so hard. Um I don't think I've I don't think I've picked him to win any major this year. And it, it would it would truly be the the chalky Golden State Kansas City pick, but I'm just I'm just gonna say I think I think Rory is going to win his fifth major. I I really want to say Morikawa, but I, I I just you know, if it came out of those two I think Rory's playing a lot better. He's getting the ball in the hole better. Um so yeah, I think Rory McIlroy wins his fifth major. He gets the monkey off his back, and the floodgates could open again. That's the thought. Okay, I would be happy with that. Rory, very happy. 
I think I think a lot of people would. And then it'll also just really stick it to the the, the live people on Twitter as well. I would they know. would be just committing suicide. All right. The Open Championship this week um, should be awesome. Um, catch it on, I guess it's an NBC week, right? It is. It's, it's Peacock USA. <laughs> See, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it starts on Peacock at like 1.30 a.m. So if you if you want to watch it, you got to, you know, re-up your membership. Peacock and then USA and then maybe NBC finishes it on Thursday and Friday. And then it's just USA and NBC Saturday, Sunday. But it starts at 1.30 a.m. on Peacock on Thursday, Friday. And I think it's like 4 a.m., something like that, 3 a.m., something like that on the weekend. So. Yeah. All right. Johnny Strauser. Thank you. Good Thanks. stuff. Good stuff. Best bets this week for the open will be on Wednesday. We'll get Zach Fitzgerald's picks just, just for a special major championship. We'll have him back in the full. We'll give you our best bets, see if we can land one and uh, everyone enjoy the opens. And after that, uh, next week, actually next two weeks, we'll have uh, some city championship stuff coming up because we'll transition to that for our local golf scene. And uh, that should be very fun as well. So a lot going on here. So, again, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time.